Welcome to another episode of Records Revisited, a podcast dedicated to the magic of music. I'm your DJ, your MC, the host on the East Coast. I'm Ben Montgomery. Joining me is the man who, his mommy's all right. His daddy's all right. He just seems a little weird. Time to surrender to the co-host from the left coast, Wayne Fugate. Hola, Ben Hamid. So, um, this is, uh, this is a, a big... A big pivot. <laughs> it's a big. It's a big pivot. Um, yeah, we were supposed to record today with a guest, and it uh, they unfortunately had to cancel on us at the last minute. Got a, got a note thirty minutes before we were supposed to record, saying um, he's got a family emergency and we need to reschedule. And well, we didn't want to waste a. A, a recording session so here we are you know what there's some albums we can talk about without even researching and and this would be one of them so we're going to talk about cheap tricks at budicon do you know for years i've been saying live at budicon and you know what no one would probably correct you it's everybody knows what you're talking about yeah but yeah, I was looking at the album title today and it's like, no, it's at Budokan. That's what it says on the album cover itself. So, so um, all right. There's going to be a lot of ums, I think, on this because I don't, I have zero notes. I have zero notes. I have some notes. You have some notes. Yeah. Okay. Can, can, can I just make an observation? Yes. Okay. I just heard you rustling with your note. Your notepad. All right, right, fair enough. (laughs) I got some rustling notepads. You do have some rustling notepads. Like I, I I just finished editing our Matthew Sweet episode, and as soon as we were done talking about the 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 last song, this is what I heard. And I and then and and Matthew Matthew is still talking, and you're putting your notepad away like like you know you're you're doing the mic drop thing <laughs> i'm halfway out the door yeah it's a good thing where we record in separate channels because i'm like editing all of your notepad <laughs> rustling out and i'm i always cringe when you say something while you're multitasking with your notepad so i'm like oh am i gonna be able to edit that out um yeah so it's those little things I think that endear this podcast to to its fans. Well, yeah, it's going to be okay. Maybe, maybe dock my dock my salary. <laughs> take, take, find me, take it out of my pay. I I can't because there is no pay to be it's had. Labor of so, love. Yeah, we still haven't done the Patreon thing. Are we ever going to do the Patreon thing? Uh, no, I don't want to take money for this. I don't want to be. I don't want to. I don't. Wanna, you yeah, want to be after beholden? after reading after reading the replacements uh, biography. Like I, I don't want to succeed. I don't. I don't. I don't want to make it to that level. <laughs> you don't even want an income tax deduction. That's a he- that's, hell of a function. Yeah, I'm going to save it, all those comments for another day for 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 a reason we we won't get into right now. Well, let's just get into it now. We were supposed to do a replacements episode today. <laughs> I was super excited for it. I, uh, and like I say, I love the replacements. 
I think, and have just recently finished their biography, Trouble Boys. Uh, gosh, there's just so much in it. And, it, and it's going to, I'm glad I had read it before doing that episode. When we do that episode, it's, I think it'll be one of our best. I think so. Maybe. I don't know. We're, can I just do the, 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 the pat on my own back thing? Absolutely. We've had some really good episodes lately. Uh, we just, I think we just recorded one of, uh, I, I, my prediction is it's going to be one of the highest downloaded episodes. I think it's, it will be. It's got everything. It's got a little bit of star power. It's got, uh, I think arguably the greatest band of all time. Yeah. Uh, so I think that plus it, it, it did. I put on, I think I brought my best game. So it should be, I think it's going to be one of the, the best. And you were a little drunk too. Always. Well, not always, but definitely then. And a little bit today. We got to give the listeners what they want. The listeners that, want. No, I, you know what? And for those Saturday morning recordings, I, I, I found a recipe for Irish coffee that, is just the ticket. All right. So, so what's, what is the, um, what's the ratio of, of what is it? What, what are you putting with the coffee? So what's the ratio of coffee to alcohol? I don't, I measure the alcohol part. I don't measure the coffee. Um, it's a shot of Jameson's, uh, a shot of half and half, a shot of, uh, Kirkland Irish cream. And then whatever coffee fits in the cup after that. And how many cups have you had? Three. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was a replacements episode. I don't think that it would have been fair to the band if I hadn't tied one on prior to doing it. That's true. I was probably gonna be the um the the record company trying to <laughs> It'll be the Peter Jesperson of the whole thing. I was trying to be the Peter Jesperson of the whole thing of trying to make sure it doesn't go off the rails, which, um, yeah, it, 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 it may still go off the rails. We'll, we'll see. Let's hope so. Um, so I completely jumped the gun and didn't ask you, um, what t-shirt are you wearing? I am wearing a new shirt. This is actually it works out perfect. So it's a it's a cheap trick shirt. Um, and anybody the probably the second I think it was the second two albums they mainly did it on, but they put the pretty guys on the front, uh, mainly you know Robin Zander and Tom Peterson, and then on the back would be Bunny Carlos and Rick Nielsen. And on my favorite cheap trick record, Heaven Tonight, they do that. They're on. Um, I think they're on. Oh no, it's that's the one. With, they're on scooters. And motorcycles, so I guess it's in color. But this one has all four of them, so that's the two of them on the motorcycles, the pretty guys on the motorcycles, and the two not as pretty guys on their scooters, all in one picture on the front of the shirt. Gotcha. All right. Um, so, how many cheap trick shirts do you wear, or do you have? Um, I just have the two. I have the concert shirt from when I saw them a couple of years ago, and then uh, this one. I still have not seen them in concert. Oh, and I feel lucky. Like I say, they they put on a great show. 
I think the the thing that I guess my highlight, um, having heard a lot of live stuff from them and being a big, big fan of theirs for years, the thing that I guess blew me away is they did this uh, Tom Peterson, who is not not known for singing, did a cover of Velvet Underground's Waiting for the Man. And it was okay. it was so it was just because it was so out of the blue and so unusual. It just it was awesome. It was the highlight of the show. Yeah. I I I got super excited because I saw that Cheap Trick was gonna be on tour again. I'm like, I finally am gonna go see them. Problem is, is do you know who the headliner is for that night? No. It's Rod Stewart. Wow, that's I mean, you you say it like that's a bad thing, but I mean I don't want to see Rod Stewart. Oh, I've I've heard nothing but uh I've I've known a couple people who've gone to a couple different Rod Stewart shows. Anybody that's seen him live has nothing but glowing reviews. I mean, when you think about all the bands he's been in and all the songs he does, uh, it's it's a usual. I've heard it's a good show. All right, maybe I should look at set list because you know I'm already on record of saying anything after 1983 Rod Stewart I don't like. Um, I. And I would say so, the uh, exception would be uh, Forever Young. I think that was after that. That's the exception. That's the exception to that. But um, I would even, yeah, that's a tough one. Because, I mean, to me, the stuff, I really love the faces stuff. Uh, yeah. Obviously, ooh la la. Um, the stuff off uh, Every Picture Tells a Story. Yeah. I, I think even, not that a guilty pleasure, I guess, would be like hot legs. But, I mean, still, his... His "Do You Think I'm Sexy" era, you know, and then like camouflage, and I, I like Young Turks, even though that's that's somewhat that's, of an exception. I would I would give that somewhat of a pass. That's that's where I I ended. I I love Young Turks. I do love Young Turks. I, I live that song, so I'm yeah, I'm good with that. Too. <laughs> uh, that is that is a true statement. Um, I'll have to look at set list. You know, if if he's if he's doing a bunch of his like um, the the crooner stuff, then I I will definitely not be going. But if he's doing some of the older stuff, if he's doing faces stuff, I'm on board. Like that's, oh, yeah. that's Ooh, la, la. oh man, oh yeah, I love that song. Yeah, even though it's not that's not him singing on the. That's uh, Ron Wood. Track. I think it's Ron. Yeah. Is it Ron Wood? It's Ron. Yeah, it's Ron. Yeah. Still such a great song, though. It is. Um, are you going to disown me, considering that I um, I did have a Cheap Trick CD that I bought, and I I I posted it on Swap a CD and swapped it for. I'm trying to think what I swapped it for. It may have been. I may have swapped it for the ocean blues Cyrilline because I didn't have that on CD yet. I'm not going to, I'm not going to disown you for take a lot. Well, it was woke up with a monster is the, is the one that that I swapped out. Never mind. I would disown you more for buying it than I would for getting rid of it. Well, I got it at Goodwill for a dollar. So I'm like, for a dollar, I'm going to take a chance on woke up with monster. And then I listened to it. I'm like, this is not, this wow. is not a good idea. So I'm looking at a Rod side, just a sidetrack. Uh, one of Rod Stewart's last concerts in Las Vegas before the pandemic. Okay. Uh, just for, 
some out. I mean, he first cut is always the deepest. Yeah. Stay with, he did go your own way by Fleetwood Mac. People get ready okay. by, um, gosh, forever young rhythm. Of my heart twisting the night away. Yeah. This was people get did, ready. Was that on the same record of forever young? I do. Um, that. It's about that time, but you can't go wrong with the impressions, but yeah, he, yeah, he did. Ooh, la la stay with me. Young Turks downtown train. That's, that's another exception. Yeah. So sounds like a good show. You'd be crazy not to go. Okay. I was just listening to Robbie Robertson's debut record. By the way, we're going to be doing um, that episode while you're on vacation in a couple of weeks. <laughs> oh no! Um, what a shame. I I know you don't care, uh, but that album is great. Um, it does have Broken Arrow, which Rod oh. turned into a a hit, and. After listening to Robbie's version, Robbie's version is so much better than Rod's, but whatever. It's all good. It's all good. I haven't told you what shirt I'm wearing. So yesterday in the mail, a late Christmas present came. The album that I uh, I uh, I bought like six months ago. So it's Matt Nathanson's Live in Boston album. And I bought the the package. The package came with uh, tickets to his live stream event in July, I think it was, along with a T-shirt and a face mask. And the face mask does not fit anyone in my family, including my 11-year-old. Um, it's way <laughs> too small. Uh, so I don't know what I'm going to do with the face mask. But I'm wearing the T-shirt today, and it's and it's fantastic. Um, for the people who bought the bundle, they could put a little note on the back, either their name or their location. And I tried to sneak in records revisited for the for the note. And um, I'm pretty sure they swapped it out for Orlando, Florida, because I don't see records revisited anywhere on the back. So. Guess they didn't want they did they didn't want to see our shameless promotion on the back of a t-shirt, but it's all good. Matt's a friend of the show. I he must not he must have other people doing that. I think there's other people that are doing it. I don't think he he's he's big enough that he doesn't need he doesn't need to package up his own vinyl, you know? <laughs> hey, you know. Maybe maybe I'm wrong, but I, I don't it's, think he is. Yeah. It's I, don't COVID. I mean in a cost cutting effort, I, I don't know. Yeah. Like I said, like I mentioned, this is, this could be the biggest train wreck of an episode. Cause like, I don't have any notes written down. Everything is going to be off the cuff other than our, other than our scores. We did write those scores down ahead of hitting the record button. So I do at least have that ready. But, um, so Wayne, tell us what record we're going to revisit for this episode. At Budokan by Cheap Trick. So this was a staple for us back in the 80s. And even though it came out, so it was released in October of 1978 in Japan, February of 1979 in the U.S. The CD didn't come out until October of 90. We... 
so we got the cassette, or I got the cassette in probably what eighty six, and in eighty seven, which is when we graduated. So it would have been eighty six because I had the I had the Ford Maverick, and this was a cassette that never left the Ford Maverick. Like we no. we listened to this probably well once a week. Oh, Maybe once a at, week? At, at least. And like I say, t- for me, this is one of, uh, I have an older uncle who's, you know, about the closest thing I have to a big brother. And he, he's the one that turned me on to a lot of, uh, music from that he was listening to. And, and this, in this was the eight track he had in his dirt, uh, wagon. And it was, it was on all the time. And then of course the reference to at least cheap trick, uh, and these songs in fast times of Ridgemont high. Oh yeah, I didn't even. I didn't. He's even trying to sell it. tickets to the upcoming Cheap Trick concert. Yeah, yeah. And this was, um, they were at top of the their game in '79. Like this was. So what was the record? Did you did you at least do the research? What was the record that they were promoting for for this live? I record? would. You would. It's the number of songs from In Color. There's more songs from In Color. But okay. he does mention the release of Heaven. Well, he doesn't mention it by name, but their new record, he said, just came out last week uh, before he does Surrender. So, but there are, on the on this disc, the only song from Heaven Tonight is, is Surrender. Surrender. Yeah. And then Need Your Love. Did, is, was Heaven Need Tonight your, so, before or after Dream Police? Before. So... Need Your Love, Ain't That a Shame, and Good Night Now, which is just basically a reworking of Hello There, yeah. were, were new songs that the, the Japanese label wanted at least three new songs for the record. Okay. Okay. So Need Your Love ends up being on Dream would have Police. Up, would end up a version very similar. Yeah. Would end up on Dream Police. Shorter. I did notice that. So <laughs> not, wide... not a lot shorter, but yes. No, it's not. It's it's seven thirty nine on the album release. It's eight forty six on the live, or at least the version that I was listening to. Yeah, I think I the one I saw said six ten. Okay. On on Dream Police, and the, this one's over eight. Interesting. All right. Here's what was interesting for me. So this is. Um, as I was looking at the the track listing, maybe I, we just wait until we get there. But um, I noticed that okay, the last song on the record is "Clock Strikes Ten, which is also from In Color. Yep. This was not; it was not a single in the U.S., but it was a number one song in Japan. <laughs> and they were huge. I mean, that's before. Because In Color was their second release, their debut, which is really good. Like it's got some great songs on it. Um, just was just didn't go anywhere. They just weren't big in America until this was released in '79, and then the, then they then they were big. So what what was it about the Japanese audiences that embraced Cheap Trick? Do you get any sense of I'm I do recall watching the documentary like a year ago and I think that they talked a little bit about it, but I think they were also kind of surprised by how much 
notoriety and popularity that they had in Japan. It's a mystery to me. I, it's, a, it's a bigger mystery to me why they weren't bigger in America. I would, I guess I would have to say the Japanese are ahead of the curve. Do you know who else is really big in Japan? Christopher Cross. <laughs> the Runaways were big in Japan before they had anything in America. Um, okay. Who was, was it Alpha, Alphabetville that wrote that song, Big in Japan? Alphaville. Alphaville, that's it. But I don't know if they, if they were actually big in Japan. I don't, I I don't think, think they, they were. I think the they were just referencing being, being, yeah. being big in Japan. Being big in Japan is a thing. So. so fun fact, um, that song is about cheap trick. No, I'm just okay. kidding. I don't, I have no, it I have absolutely should. no idea. I have no idea. Uh, <laughs> all right. Um, I threw this out there a half hour ago on the socials and just said, so when our guest has to cancel at the last minute, we're still going to record a day and we're going to talk about at Budokan, your thoughts on this one. Tell us in the next 20 minutes and we'll add your comments. So let's see. Tony K. Tony K has uh, provided some listener scores in the past. So um, here we go. Tony K says, one of the most important live records ever made, Budokan made you realize first and foremost how good these songs were with the muscle of a live show behind it, but also what a tour de force, the cheap trick, were on the concert stage. Cheap Trick has been madly consistent throughout their career, aside from The Doctor. Well, you know, we already just talked about um, that uh, Woke Up With a Monster. Not not good. Um, they haven't really made a bad album. A- again, just refer to what I just said. Uh, but Budokan is the definitive do- document of the band. The audience reaction to the songs makes your heart skip a beat. Yeah, the, I mean... I think of any live record, um, the audience going completely bonkers and nuts. I read that this had to be recorded in Osaka because they couldn't get a decent recording in Budokan because it was too there was too much crowd noise. Oh, really? And I thought I thought the Japanese um, audiences were like more respectful, and they didn't. <laughs> maybe, maybe not. Okay. I guess if they love you. Yeah, Bruna Mc, McDonald on Twitter posted a. There's an ad that says "Cheap Trick Live in Japan," the biggest thing since transistors. And for our 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 younger audience, um. You probably don't even know what the hell a transistor is. Do you? <laughs> um, all right. So it says, yes, cheap trick, la- at cheap trick. See, I almost said it again. I almost did. I almost said live at Budokan. So yes, cheap trick at Budokan is the exact same album that was previously available only as a Japanese import. Yes, it does feature incredible live performances of surrender. Ain't that a shame? I want you to want me. And the never before recorded Need Your Love, which that is accurate because it doesn't come out until Dream Police. And no, we couldn't hold this one back. Thousands of otherwise somewhat stable people were threatening to commit Harry Carey. Oh boy, <laughs> did they really just go there? Um, if we didn't release it now, so we did. It was the only honorable thing to do. Um, 
what pandering um cheap trick at budokan made in japan but now available at lower domestic prices on epic records and tapes which so so on that note so over to our facebook listeners so joe royland says it's an all-time classic of my youth which I can't even calculate how many times I've listened to since I bought my first copy of it when it was still just available as an import from Japan. So, I mean, it, it was what five months between it being released in Japan and being released in the U S. So, uh, I, I, I probably should follow up with Joe and find out how, how much more did he pay? for the Japanese import. Um, Nathan Nickel says, one of the first records that found its way into my collection some 3,500 years ago. (laughs) Uh, I still break it out and jam it all the time. Um, As do I. And then, um, is that it? Is that all the comments? We didn't give them much time to comment. So, um, I, I bet if uh, we would have recorded this, you know, in our normal prep time of, you know, a month, we, <laughs> we, we probably could have had some, some good comments. Um, what else? What else before we kind of jump into this and give our scores? Uh, I don't know. I think we've, we've covered all of the, like I say, big in Japan, not big in America. Uh, I yeah. say I re, I just found the comment that says this. It was uh, stated by producer Jack Douglas. The auto from li- audio from Live at Budokan is actually not from Budokan, but from Osaka, which was a smaller smaller show. The recording of Budokan was a failure because of the crowd noise. I understand my understanding. This is Wikipedia too. So yeah, how many? How many? Um, I want to know how many records have been recorded at Budokan. Bob Dylan put out a record, I think. Yeah, this is, not, this is not helpful. It doesn't tell me who the artists are. Um, all right, so I'm on Wikipedia. There is a albums recorded at the Nippon Budokan. It doesn't tell me who the artists are, so I'm going to have to look at that. There is, there's the Bob Dylan at Budokan. It was released in April of 79 recorded during his 78 world tour. And of course, cheap tricks came out in October of 78. So who was the first one to do the, do the at Budokan? Does it give us any info on that? All right, let's see some of that, some other notables dream theater put out one in 2004. Butch Walker has a DVD. Released in 2005. Um, do you have the Mr. Big Live at Budokan album? I don't know why I would. I thought you were a Mr. Big guy. No. That's, I'm, ki- I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Not totally. true at all. Spreading totally vicious kidding. rumors about me. I'm totally kidding. Uh, Ozzy has a Live at Budokan. Came out in 2002. Red Hot Chili Peppers. Uh, doesn't tell me what the date is on that one. Um, Baby Metal. 
that a band name or a genre? That's no, it's a Japanese heavy metal band. And theirs is called Live at Budokan Red Knight and Black Knight Apocalypse. <laughs> that sounds that sounds serious. Um, Blur has a two disc live album came out in ninety five. Brian Adams has one from two thousand. Chic, Chic has one came out in ninety nine. Ninety nine. Well, that's past their. Prime, right? It's definitely either an earlier recording or some sort of a reunion tour. Okay, here we go. Probably doesn't even have Nile Rodgers. Yeah. Uh, Ian Gillen Band recorded live at Budokan, and it was recorded on September 22nd of 77 and released only in Japan in 1978. It doesn't give me the date, though. Wasn't he the lead singer for Deep Purple? Yeah. And then Black Sabbath. Uh, was he in Sabbath? Um, I believe for a short time. Oh, okay. Because um, Deep Purple also has... Oh, here we go. So I think Deep Purple was the first one. So Made in Japan is a double live album from Deep Purple, and that was recorded in August of 72 and released in December 72 in Japan with a U.S. release in 73. So Deep Purple was the first one, looks like. Well, and that's appropriate with their woman from Tokyo. Uh, yeah, there you go. All right, who else? Japanese duo Pink Lady. <laughs> I don't think Japanese artists should count. Like, that. that's... It's like live at Madison. Yeah, you didn't have to travel far for that. <laughs> um, and uh, Ian Gillen did the Born Again with Black Sabbath. So it says Live Loudest at the Budokan 91 is the eight live album. What does that mean? It's the eight live album by the Japanese band Loudness. Was that their eighth live record? And so there's other albums also. <laughs> Or was it was it just a really long concert and there's eight discs to go along with that album? So I don't understand what that is. Um, people, please reread before you post things on the internet. Um, and then there's a bunch of jazz stuff. So the modern jazz quartet did one in '81. And now I'm just, I'm throwing out everybody and I don't know who the hell some of these people are. So never mind. That was super boring. Sorry. Um, <laughs> that's what happens when we don't put our notes together ahead of time. So apologies. All right. Um, let's jump into this. So as a reminder, our scoring is based off of songs on the record. How many on this record? Ten. I was waiting for you to say the perfect number oh, of is. songs on a record. Except I would only say on this record, the full concert, which was 19 songs, um, would have been, it is, it's got some omissions that, that I would have liked to have heard. Is there a deluxe version of this somewhere? There, there's a 30th anniversary. Is there? Yeah. And Which it has, has the other nine songs? 
No, it has 15 songs altogether. Well, what the heck? So where's the other four? Uh, I'd have to look and see which ones are. Oh, no, CD. Yeah, 19 tracks. The 30th edition has them all. So it has them all. So what what are we missing? What are we Uh, missing on this edition? Hello Kitties, which would be the only song from the first album. Okay. Uh, Speak Now or Forever Hold Your Peace, which I'm not sure which album that came off of. Uh, Downed. Oh, Caroline, which is on uh, In Color. Alvida Zane, which is off of their Heaven Tonight, which is a fantastic song. But it's about suicide, which it's, is It's why. about suicide. So that it gets left off of, I got left off of both the first two greatest hits records. Yeah. Uh, California Man, which is a cover, which is one of my favorite songs. Southern Girls, which is on In, in Color too. Okay. So they pretty much did all of in color. A good amount, yeah, a good amount of it. Yeah, the majority. Because there's what? Because there's what? One, two, three, four, five. There's six in color songs on this record. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I think we we have surmised that this was probably recorded during the in color tour. Yeah, because they were putting things out pretty like pretty quickly. Like they did two albums in 77 um, and yeah. they had clearly just released heaven tonight uh, the week before this. So, okay. All right. All right. Let's do this. Um, first song is hello there. already mentioned this is from in color it's also the opener on that album as well and the way they typically start shows um when i saw them a couple of years Still? ago this, yep this is i even looked on set list to see and there are a couple of exceptions uh they where they played just got back which i don't know if that was something to do with returning to that venue uh but they, as an, at their normal, op- this is their normal opener. And it's, it's not only is it in the title, but it's still, it's a minute and 41 seconds and it's, there's not a lot lyrically to it, but it, yet it, it just, uh, it, it's a, it's just whips the crowd into a frenzy. Do they, do they play good night now? Um, I didn't, I guess I didn't look, I don't recall. I believe okay. they did. I think they play it at, it's the normal, it's the main set list ender. Okay. All right. So when he is saying, would you like to do a number with me? I'm assuming there's some double meaning there, right? I, and you know what? I would, it, in most cases, Rick Nielsen, who the primary songwriter, there's tons of innuendo in all of, all that early stuff. So I would, I would imagine you are correct, but I think in the, uh, in the context of an opening number for a concert. Uh, yeah. But I, I, I believe with Rick Nielsen's 
penchant for innuendo. I'm going to, I believe you're right. Okay. All right. Anything else? No, this is just, this is, I mean, I don't know that there's a better, they don't have a better song to open a show. Um, and like I say, this thing, it's, it's a, it just blasts off. It just, it starts and, and before you know it, it's off. And I, I mean, to, to segue into the next, it's, I mean, they real the one, two punch on this record is, is perfect. Yeah. All right. So scores, this is my five Wayne. Seven for, for what it is to the more so for the song, uh, its placement and what it does for this, this particular record. All right. Good. Fair enough. All right. Next song is come on, come on. ever looked at the lyrics for this um is there anything to know oh just like like i had previously said loaded with sexual innuendo like a i mean a lot of that stuff that was a big thing for rick nielsen but this one's loaded with sexual innuendo for sure but it's such a great one-two punch like hello there let's let's get this and then then come on let's keep this going um it's a great it's a great opener, a double opener, but yeah, every at, at Rick Nielsen, everybody, he gets a lot of credit for his crazy guitars and he is a phenomenal guitarist. But I, I, one thing I noticed on this record is Bunny Carlos is a punk rock drummer trapped in a middle-aged man's body. Yeah, I would agree. He goes off on a couple of the songs. On oh yeah. He's really, to me over the years has become the highlight of this record. Does he, um, in the live shows, does he, does he get, opportunities to shine or do do some drum solo type stuff oh when i saw him he's not he doesn't tour with him anymore oh okay i did not know this yeah and i can't remember i can't remember if if it's rick nielsen's kid i want to say it's either i want to say robin zander and rick nielsen's sons are in the touring band Um, and one i uh, I'd have to look it up, but I think Rick Nielsen's son is the drummer. Gotcha. And and Robin Zander, so he lives down here in Florida. In fact, so I don't I don't think I ever shared this. So um, one of the times that I saw Wilco was in Clearwater, and I was waiting outside to get Nels Klein to sign something for me. And I was talking to the security guard and he goes, Oh, that's Robin Zander that just walked by. Um, because the, the same venue. So it's at Ruth Eckerd hall in Clearwater. They also have a, like a, a music program there. And you know, this was like 10 years ago. Um, and I guess Robin Zander's kid was in that music program and he was there to pick him up. So I'm like, all right, that's, that's cool. That's Robin Zander. 
So not, not surprising that uh, his kid is following in his footsteps. So that's cool. Um, yeah, I'm looking at the, the lyrics and um, don't be like sheep and follow the flock. That's probably the, the, the highlight of the, um, the, the lyrics. Okay. Scores. What do you got? Uh, this one, I gave it a six. And this is also my six. Yeah, we agree on a couple songs. All right. I was going to say that's the last time that we agree, but there's two other songs that we do agree on. All right. Next song, Look Out. I do have to say this. I I remember fast forwarding the th- the the third, fourth, and fifth song on this to get to side two. Like side two to me is still like a perfect cassette side because every song on side two is just fantastic. So I I do recall fast forwarding through this a lot to get to side two. So um, listening to look out again and big eyes. Yeah. I had, I had to kind of um, rethink about those songs. Cause I do. Cause I know need your love, the need your love song at, which is the, the ending song on, on side a, like I know that just because I played dream police a lot over the years. So um, lookout. What do you got on lookout? Yeah, I, I absolutely agree with you. I mean, and I, my scores indicate that, uh, this one has a lot, it has a lot of musical similarities to, uh, hello there. Yeah. And then it also, and it has a lot of the, the kind of the sexual, you know, innuendo of come on, come on without the cleverness. So it, it, it just, uh, it falls kind of flat. And like I say, this is one of the ones that was never released on anything else. So it's not, and, and it's not a surprise that it was left off records, whatever record it was recorded for. Yeah. And I gave it a little bit higher score than you did because, because of bunny Carlos on this one. Um, yeah. And I didn't see that. So this wasn't on a studio record at all ever. Not that I could, not that I found. Was it ever a B side? Do you do you recall this? No, I, what I I just I read it was uh, one of the two new songs, one of the 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 songs that didn't appear on anything before this. Okay, interesting. Um, anything lyrically? No, like I say, it didn't it didn't stand out lyrically yeah. um, compared to. Especially, I think "Come On, Come On" does does what this one tries to do a lot better. See over yonder when the rights are read, your name ah. Uh, you search for the riddle to the clue, the river she came. Look out on the land to the south, to the east. Three said ah. Uh, like I don't. What what does any of that mean? Cancel Colorado in the march by request. What is 
Oh, it sounds better being sung, but yeah, at the same time, there's just, <laughs> it, it, you know, the I'm one boy, one boy in a thousand that wants to yeah. make you look out, little girl, little girl, little girl, look out. It just, it, I don't know. It fell flat. I, I don't, I'm puzzled by its inclusion. Yeah. Yeah. Considering that they left out nine other songs, I'm wondering if it, were the nine other songs really super long? Cause this is only three minutes. Second shortest song on the, on the album after hello there. <laughs> yeah. With this, like I say, especially to me, there's a, even in the full set list, there was only one song from their debut and there's just this, a ton of great songs on their, on their debut. Well, I'm, so I'm listening to this in the, in my headphones while we're talking about it. There's not a whole lot of gap between lookout and big eyes. Like, I wonder if they just had a hard time editing the two. So they're like, we're just going to put both of them on them. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, if it's a time, I mean, and there are time constraints with, you know, vinyl. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. Your score. Uh, This was a two. All right. And I don't know why I gave it a four, but I gave it a four. This is this is also what happens when we have very little time to prep. <laughs> not much effort into my scores. So, all right, next song is Big Eyes. And this was my least favorite song on the record. I, you know, and I, I, I like this song. And I mean, I don't, there's none of these songs I don't like. Um, I obviously like the first three, I guess, less, but uh, I thought, yeah, this was a great, this is the one where I think Bunny really stood out to me. There is something creepy about it though. And that's not unusual for a lot of the songs Rick Nielsen wrote early. Um, But there is a, you know, peeping Tom, kind of creepy feeling to it, not only lyrically, but even musically, there's a little bit of a, a creepiness. Well, you talked about the sexual innuendo earlier. I mean, look, I'm pretty sure that we used to call, um, bosoms, big guys <laughs> at, at some point during our teenage years. So headlights maybe, but not, I don't know about it. No, I'm, 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 look, we had all sorts of (laughs) euphemisms. Um, you know, when you're a teenage boy, you do a lot of really stupid things and call things like how many, how many, how many euphemisms did we have and nicknames for our penises did we have back in the day? Oh, you don't even want to go there. You're like, I don't want to get, I don't want to get canceled. I don't want to, I don't want to die. Yeah, that's, I don't want this thing going too blue. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, we'll, we'll keep it, we'll keep it PG 13. <laughs> um, I don't have anything else to say. Like I said, this is my least favorite. This was one that I fast forwarded back in the day and I'm, I am still fast forwarding it. So it's my one, your score. Uh, I gave it a four. I, I definitely understand 
uh, why, I mean, that second side really is, is there's nothing on it that is uh, even worthy of a fast forward. I can see being excited to get to it and fast forwarding. Yeah. All right. So last song on side A is Need Your Love. already talked about its length and it's um doesn't see the light of day until 79's dream police and it's also the final song on dream police that's final song on side a yeah and i like the dream police version better um and not just because yeah. it's a little bit shorter but there is some there's some I don't know, subtle nuances to the, to the recording that just make it a little bit better. But yeah, this is one where it's also, it's also got a little bit of a creepiness to it. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I mean, putting new songs on the record, I guess was required by the the Japanese label. And I don't know with what the, the album that was coming out in a, in America, at least uh, heaven tonight had some, some great songs that I, I just don't know why they didn't use more of the songs from that record, but cause it really feels, and you can refute this, but when I've compared this to the, the, the dream police version, that one, as you mentioned is, is better. And I think that they were able to kind of hone certain portions of the song into a song like I, I feel like this was one of those those band moments where they're like, we just wrote this song. Let's let's give it a try. Let's see what the audience has to say before we give them surrender. And I want you to want me. Yeah, I think they definitely because um, part of the big the length on this is an instrumental break that's not terribly exciting um, as compared right. to some of the others. Yeah. This is your beer break song. <laughs> yes, that's yeah. There's a long line, and that that's perfect. Eight and a half minutes to go. Yep, absolutely. To go buy a shirt, grab a brewski. <laughs> Leave it to you to say to go grab a shirt. Of course, you're <laughs> saying that. Um, all right, this is my two, and Wayne. This was my least favorite. All right, so this is where we flip the cassette over. And this is Ain't That a Shame. Yeah. it's not a remake it's a cover yeah this is fats a cover domino. of one of the pillars of rock and roll uh by the great antoine Absolutely. fats domino i think the drum opening 
just the instrumental opening to this is is one of my favorites of any song. Um, the way it starts with the drums, and you, I instantly recognize it. And then the way the guitar comes in, and it's two minutes before Robin Zander sings, but it is two minutes of pure <laughs> pure heaven. Uh, it this is I mean uh, this long intro is is delicious. It's worth every second. Yeah, and I'm not usually a big fan of long intros, but um, maybe it's just the familiarity of it. But I love it every time. I love it. The one thing I did read for this, so um, at the actual concert, so this was played during the encore. And it was after Goodnight Now and before Clock Strikes 10. But yeah. they moved the sequencing of this. I think I saw so, that too in the, uh, I think they say that in the. Complete, is that in the liner notes for the. No, in the, well, in the complete the concert track list at Budokan, the complete concert it is the okay. second to last song on the, on disc two. Yeah. Yeah. Rarely do we give kudos to record execs for their sequencing, but for this one, kudos because you hooked me for side two with this song. Yeah. So. To me, the, the energy of the whole show is captured right here. It's, I mean, if, yeah. if you've never heard anything else, it's, it's, you get it right here. You can, you get it all. Yep. I would agree with that as well. would agree with that. All right. Scores. What do you got? This, this is my favorite song off this, off the record. I, I it just, um, even though one of my favorite songs of all time is coming up, this song, I like I said, captures the energy of the show. Um, it's got this two-minute uh, guitar drum intro that that seems like it, it almost doesn't seem like it lasts long enough uh, into the uh, to a, a rock and roll standard. All right, fair enough. This is my eight. Next song is I want you to want me. How did I, how did I do with that? That was pretty good. And what's funny about this is this is one of the songs I actually posted. uh, uh, And I had an Instagram post a couple of weeks ago of songs that the live version is the definitive version. And yes, this is, was my second uh, favorite song. The, the, uh, the studio version on dream police uh, is nowhere near this. No, nope. It just doesn't. Nope. It's no. It's nothing like this. I really should probably figure out my list of that. That would be that would be a good dive. Oh, it was a lot of fun. Um, I mean, there were some clear choices. Uh, obviously, "Rock and Roll All Night" by Kiss, being a an early Kiss fan, yeah. that. That version is is the definitive version. Um, we did Shotgun Willie, uh, and we even discussed in that Whiskey River is so much different live than it yes. is on the show. Um, yep. One of my 
personal favorites was uh, Lady Killer by the Horrible Crows, which is basically Brian Fallon. He he seamlessly fades into pictures of you by the cure at the end of it. And it's, it's just, um, it's amazing. That's, that's the reason why let's, let's, let's call it for what it is. That's the reason why you chose it is because he included pictures of you, but yeah, but you could, you know, anybody could just start playing a cure song at the end and, and it wouldn't necessarily do it. Um, the addition yeah. of that and the, and the, the way it segues into it seamlessly without even what you just don't even see it happening. It's is the right. cool part to me. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, this was a number. This was a top 10 hit for them in the States. That would be the in color version. So it was number seven in the U S big shock. Number one in Japan. Actually, not a big shock at all. Not a big shock. All right. Um, this is my nine, Wayne. Oh, yeah. This is this is my nine also. Okay. All right. Fair enough. All right. Next song is Surrender. And also from Heaven Tonight. So this is one of the newer songs, right? Yes, this is a song off their new album, just released last week. Um, this right. to me is this is one of my favorite songs of all time. This is interesting to me. So I'm looking at chart position. This is like a definitive classic rock staple. Like if you listen to classic rock stations you're still going to listen. You're still going to hear surrender. And I want you to want me. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, when it was released in 1978, it peaked at number 62. This was not even a top 40 hit, dude. That's crazy to me. Rolling stone calls this, uh, an ultimate seventies teen anthem. And it's one of the, one of their 500 greatest songs of all time. It's number 471 on their 500 greatest songs of all time. Yeah. It's, it's much higher on my list, but I agree. It's, it's, it's anthemic. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, this was the first, cheap trick single to enter the billboard hot 100 is what it says on here. Wow. Well, and that's, that was cause it was released before this was released in America. So yeah. And the B side to this was off Vieter Shannon. Did I say that right? <laughs> Weeder Zane. Is it, is it just saying? Yeah. Have Weeder Zane. You sure? I'm positive. I don't know. I'm asking you because I don't. I don't know German. Like I, I've only I've heard it's goodbye. So I've heard it said to me in German. 
Okay. All right. Um, I don't have anything else. This is my 10. Wayne. Yeah. And the other two get extra points for, uh, the lot, li- their live version of the energy that's created from the crowd and the show. But this is, this is one of my favorite songs of all time, but I gave it an eight. Okay. All right. Good night now. Oh, and it, this is basically hello, hello there, just reworked to end the show. Right, it's the companion to hello there, and I don't think you you mentioned there isn't a studio companion for this one, right? No, I think this was just done for live purposes. This is the song that they end the main set list with, set list with, and clearly have for years. Yeah, yeah. So, so you hear this live? Yeah, I'm sh- I and I don't recall it. There was a lot of stuff going on, but um but yes, I I did hear. I did hear this. This was the the main set know. ender before they they go out. I mean, on the a whole the whole uh routine of the encore is I mean having been going to concerts for, for almost 40 years, you know, they leave and then you, you wait a second and then you, then everybody starts to chant and clap and cheer right. and, yeah. and then they come back out and do a couple it's numbers. And so it's, yeah, it's, it's uh, yeah. So the, the routine has lost its luster over the years. I'm, I'm 50 years old and why don't you just play the other songs and then let's get the hell out of here. It's late. Yeah, I know. I'm, I, I used to really like the whole, we're going to leave the stage and then you guys will you bring us back. Come back on. And, and, and now I just, I call it BS. And I'm <laughs> just like, just don't, don't do an encore. Just play a longer set, please. Like we're okay. If you, if you towel off and you grab a drink or whatever to, to, to play us the last three songs, but I don't know. I know, but I, I and while I do, I do largely agree with that. Um, the traditionalist in me says, yeah, but it, it wouldn't be the same if they didn't leave the stage um, and and come back. I mean, I think the crowd cheering, if they don't get any crowd cheering, they, they, they probably wouldn't come back, but they're gonna. But I think there is, a, there is the traditionalist in me that likes, likes that part of it. They leave, uh, just yeah. don't leave for so long. Let's not, you know. Just don't milk. Yeah. Get, get a drink of water and maybe put on a different hat or shirt or whatever. And then, and then let's get back out here. We got, we're burning, we're burning daylight. All right. Uh, this is my three, your score. I, I also gave it a three. All right. And then last but not least is clock strikes 10.
and I already made mention that this was a number one hit in Japan, but didn't do anything in the States. Probably wasn't even released as a single in the States. Yeah, I don't, I don't think it was a single. I think it's a great choice uh, to end the show. Um, It just, it does have, it has this, it's a great combination of like old school Chuck Berry, you know, Fats Domino, rock and roll and, and punk rock. It's got, there's something new in it and, and raucous and angry, but it, it just, there's a cut. Co- the combination is I think what I like most. And Bunny Carlos was added again. Just there's a lot of great drum stuff on this. Have you listened to the Steve Albini sessions for cheap trick? Yeah. He, no. he did, he did some, some sessions with cheap trick later and this was one of the songs that they re-recorded i don't think they ever released it but i remember hearing it on youtube like one of my rabbit holes uh, my youtube rabbit holes that i go on every so often and i remember listening to it and it's it's definitely more rocking than the in color version oh yeah might might be might be worth worth uh doing a doing a quick dive on youtube to to listen to his version and if cool. people are not totally familiar steve albini um producer most known for his work with nirvana <laughs> that tells you anything um i always love this song this was a this was in my mind this was a great way to end an album and and end a show um so this is my 7 and maybe I'm, maybe I'm 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 thinking too um, sentimental for that because I remember always thinking, okay, well now we get we got to flip the, the the tape over and listen to Hello There again. So yeah, I gave it a five, but I think it's a it's just a great party song and a, and a, a great closer. And I I love like all the crowd. I mean, you can hear the crowd trying to get him to come back. Yeah. I mean, the, it's it's insane. That really adds something to it. But I, I mean, there's just it's a great song. Yeah. Well, this is usually where I say, did we miss anything? Did we cover everything? And and considering that we um, recorded this with what thirty five minutes worth of <laughs> of research <laughs> at a time, I'm going to say we missed some some some, some stuff. I think we missed a few things. I, I mean, I don't think our, our normal routine was broken up, but uh, I think we, I think we got a lot of it. Okay. Um, all right. So here's our top. Well, I would say top five, but it's going to be a top six. So we have a three-way tie for for number one, which <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad that we can say that. And and I didn't even do the math on this, uh, so I'm my three favorite songs on this record are "Ain't That a Shame," "I Want You to Want Me," and "Surrender." Those three songs and, are are just fantastic in a row, and those are all tied for number number one. And my favorite three songs on this record are also "Ain't That a Shame," "I Want You to Want Me," and "Surrender." Yep. So, so it, it's it's not it's. It's not an accident. Nope. All right. So tied for fourth is Clock Strikes 10, Come On, Come On, and Hello There. Those all got an average score of six. So we have a top six 
I'm cool with that. Yeah. And those, I mean, those are the best songs. Those are, those are, I mean, and not only they're good songs, but I, there's those second, the four through six are definitely, uh, based on their, their placement as much as anything in the show. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I think we did it and it's, and we're clocking in around uh, an hour. Which is hey, Scott Cookson might be able to listen to this one. He still won't. It's still it's over an hour. If if we would have <laughs> if we would have done this in seventeen minutes, he would have listened. Damn it! Yeah. Well, I tried. Should should I just split it up into like three parts of seventeen minutes? And is there a way to to is there a way to just put on Apple Podcast that it only took seventeen minutes? No. <laughs> No, unfortunately, unfortunately not. All right. Well, this was this was fun. Um, as a reminder, you can find all of our old episodes. Go to recordsrevisitedpodcast.com. Of course, I'm on the the socials at Podcast Records on Twitter. And then, of course, you can find us on Facebook, Records Revisited Podcast. Wayne is on the Instagram, and you are at records revisited podcast yeah it's pretty simple and of course on all those platforms please uh, go subscribe and rate or review us and uh, it's been it's been a while since we've had a review on on apple podcast so hmm. somebody needs to go out and give us a review and we don't care like i know i know that there are all sorts of podcasts that will tell you go give us five stars look if you think we suck well, we we can take it, you know, go, go out and give us a, go out, go give us a review. It's all good. We, we love you regardless. Or maybe, or maybe I only, only I do. Only I do. Yeah. I, I say yourself. <laughs> you know what? We got over an hour without you swearing. And, and now I, 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 I swear you do it at least once just to piss me off in the editing process so that I have to go car clown horn you. Well, it sounds like you're on to me. Uh, Not as clever as I thought. No, you are. Um, you're full of it. All right. So here's here's the ending part. And hopefully I can remember it because, um, again, I have no notes at all for this episode. So uh Thanks for listening. Please go support the arts. I would tell you to go to a live show, but you know the drill on that. So support your favorite artists on their live streaming events. Go buy a record. Go buy a t-shirt of the band. We are Records Revisited, and we are out. That was perfect.